Hey, it's Jeremy with the new Lloydminster Nissan. March, we're celebrating luck of the Irish. Win a brand new TV or even a trip to Mexico with a newer used purchase. Buck, it's St. Patrick's Day, not Christmas. The new Lloydminster Nissan, where we won't sell you a car, we'll help you buy one. Hi, Dale here from Superior Water. Do you know what's coming out of your water taps? At Superior Water, we know what's coming out of ours. The cleanest, best-tasting water at $3 a jug. Treat your body right with Superior Water. This is Lloyd Minster's show. This is local that matters to you. Local people. Local events. Local news and sports. For Lloyd Minster and area, this is Live with Kurt Price from the new Lloyd Minster Nissan. Well, welcome inside the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan, where we have inventory and we have launched the Luck of the Irish sale earlier this month. And it continues even here after St. Patty's Day with your chance to win all kinds of great prizes on the wheel of Bucky, even $5,000 cash. Spin the wheel with your new or pre-owned purchase here at the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan and lots of selection still uh, to choose from. We keep moving them out. We keep getting more and more in. I've got the mayor here with us uh, today and uh, saw the mayor out last night. Krista Fox is a 53-year-old grandmother from North Battleford. She started a quest called Krista's Kilometers and what it is is a walk and a and a travel across uh, Canada raising awareness of missing and murdered Indigenous women. She started at mile zero in Victoria, and uh, that was back on February the 14th. Now, her grandson was murdered in Saskatoon at the age of 14, and uh, she wants to raise awareness to this cause. So they were marching through uh, Lloydminster uh, yesterday, and they wound up at City Hall, and uh, that's where the mayor of uh, Lloydminster joined them. And uh, there was a very touching moment where Krista looked over at you, Gerald, and she said... Um, I really want to thank your mayor for joining us today because we have traveled on this journey since February the 14th. We've stopped at many communities. This is the first location where the mayor has come out to greet us. Um, why was it so important for you to be there? Well, I think that, uh, you know, the, the message that she's carrying is very, very important. Uh, when someone has lost a loved one, and when there's no closure, so they haven't been able to be found either hopefully alive, but most often I'm afraid uh, deceased. Those That leaves a big hole in people's hearts and families. And Krista shared that story, uh, and others shared stories about, you know, their grandchildren now, in the case of Krista losing a grandchild, but uh, another uh, lady from Onion Lake shared uh, her story about losing her daughter and how their her ch grandchildren were affected. And that just... It, it it touches my heart, and I hope it touches everybody's heart. This this is unacceptable. We need to try and help solve uh, those crimes. If you have information, please bring it forward to the RCMP, to the PA, Saskatoon, Regina City Police, if that's where the crime happened, or share it with the RCMP, and they'll share it. Those are the things, and the intention that Krista has is to bring awareness, and I think that's that's very important. It was so cold standing out there. <laughs> it, was, it was cool, you know. Uh, uh, Mother Nature uh, reminded us it's not quite done with us yet. And, uh, but in the same token, you could see the, the people's passion that were there, which was appreciated. And there was a great crowd. It was. And there was a lot of local businesses that stepped up. Home Hardware yeah. uh, stepped up. We saw the Lloydminster Regional Health Foundation. 
step up. Yep. You know, people stepped up. To Spiro me. stepped up Spiro's with uh, to feed some folks there yeah. and and things. And those are just terrific. And it was great that the city, uh, you know, we could help out a little bit. We're a member of the Heart of Treaty Six organization. It's referred to as the Hot Six. We are right in the center of Treaty Six territory. You know, uh, we have a great working relationship with the Onion Lake Cree Nation. We've got the casino here with the Little Pine Cree Nation uh, pound maker. Talk to the chief quite regularly when we have the opportunity. So, you know, we've got Frog Lake on the other side. So we're, we are certainly uh, a focal point for business for First Nations as well as uh, you know, leading that charge in reconciliation. You know, I got, I got an invitation from uh, Janet Trache. And I was so glad I went. Like it was, and you mentioned the the, the there was a couple of really moving points to that uh, ceremony, and uh, being able to hug some of the elders and things like that was uh, it was. And good on you, Gerald, for coming out. I can't believe she walked across two provinces, and you're the first mayor to come. Well, out. That, that was surprising for me, but again, I'm not sure of all the organizations she's got behind her and and supporting her. So I hope that this, you know, that uh, again, just coordination. Appreciate having Janet, who is a, a part-time employee of the Treaty Heart of Treaty Six group, uh, and help coordinate that. Reach out to my office last week, advising this was going to be happening sometime this week. Again, distance and travel time and weather play a part, especially when you're walking across Canada. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we were really glad we were able to assist and be there. And it's very important because, like I say, um, Onion Lake does a lot of business in our community. We have a relationship. Let's, you know, we can talk about CPCA. We can talk about uh, North American Chuck and Finals. That's where we see reconciliation truly come together. Uh, reconciliation happens every day when they do business and back and forth and to see the opportunities to grow. But there's also other items that we still need to deal with. And that was what Krista brought to our attention. Now, you were out on uh, Saturday out at the uh, Lloydminster Exhibition at uh, Family Expo reminding people to vote for the Lloydminster Female Under 13 Blazers. Uh, you can still vote. We can't forget that just because the 10 days it's over, a, yeah. you can still, still vote. vote. Absolutely. You know, if, if the entire city voted, that would go a long, long way. I was impressed by the girls um, bringing it forward, but I didn't know that it's not entirely based on votes. Did you? No, I didn't either, but I uh, got, uh, got a little bit more information on Saturday, which I appreciate. But no, certainly from that perspective. And I also, I'll take the opportunity to help clarify. I, uh, I heard through the grapevine, people said, well, why is the city doing this? And why is Chevy, well, they're owned by Chevy? And no, Chevy does not. Chevrolet is the one putting up the money. Thank mm -hmm. you very much, Chevrolet, uh, even though we're standing here in Nissan. Uh, from the perspective, and it didn't cost the city anything, you, you reached out to me on Friday, which I appreciated, as well as many families family members of the girls from the U13 team that I know. And I really appreciate that. And they said, you know, do you mind? I said, no, that's part of my job. So, yeah, uh, it was great joining you on Saturday with the girls and talking about it and learning more about it. Uh, I had heard about the details that why they started it and some of the work that was being done that they said, we want to make this the best possible arena that we can. And by having that $100,000 to putting it to making it more inclusive uh, and the diversity, that's so important because I'd love to see sledge hockey. Uh, I been following a sledge hockey tournament near my hometown that uh, was started by somebody that was in an accident ended up in a sledge hockey position and now the community has a big weekend and it's uh, down in southeast Saskatchewan and hadn't heard about it until I followed it on Facebook a little bit and uh, it's really nifty to see what people can do. That's part of the reason I love working here at uh, Nissan is you know when uh, I reached out to the female under 13 Blazers <clears throat> and said you know this is a Chevrolet thing. I go to my boss and I say, it's a Chevrolet thing. He says, who cares? It's important for the community. 
Absolutely, you know, absolutely, and I appreciate that. And I, you know, you we know. see that day in, day out with businesses supporting other events that maybe they're not title sponsor or sponsoring, but supporting and and the giving that goes on in this community day in and day out. Yeah. And we can go back to the Fort McMurray fires when there were people just gathering stuff everywhere and just time after time. And we're going to continue to see that because we have a very giving community and area. I hope these girls win. I hope they're not devastated if they don't. Because they've, they, they, they just the awareness, right? Yeah. You learn so much just bringing the awareness. You know, and that's really a good point about, you know, I hope they win too. And that's what I'm cheering for. They're playing to win. And we also know anybody that's played sports or been involved in anything competitive, there's a chance you may lose. You can yeah. ask our Canadian curling team at the, at the Worlds. Yeah. Uh, the ladies yeah. gave it a good effort, but they just, it didn't happen. So you've got to be prepared to uh, stand tall. And the girls did a terrific job. And I hope they know that no matter what, win, lose, or draw, they've done a great job. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Just in raising the awareness. My goodness. Well, high school uh, graduation is just around the corner, and grads are encouraged to enter today to win some fantastic prizes from Cliff Rose for Clothes, Tangled Hair Salon, Sugar Coated Artistry. Uh, guys, you could win one of nine $400 gift cards at Cliff Rose for Clothes. Now, I've been the MC at the last few um, graduations for both the Holy Rosary grad and the Lloyd um, uh, uh composite high school and i gotta tell you the number of fantastic suits that i come through and and i love suits like i love looking at suits i i you know i don't like spending the money on them that's why we got this contest for you where you can save 400 dollars on a suit but whenever i f seem to find a suit that i absolutely love i'll go up and and say to the young man like where like where'd this one come like yeah. it's inevitably you know, nine out of ten Cliff, Cliff Rose, Rose for clothes, and you're going to get a great suit there, and you're going to get a great deal with a $400 in-store credit. Now, the girls, it's all about the dresses and picking out the dresses, but it's also about the hair, hair. and the makeup and the nails and all that kind of stuff. Well, $400 Tangled Hair Salon and Sugar Coated Artistry goes a long way as well. And I know some of the some of the grads might they they might be looking and go. Well, mom and dad are going to pay for it anyway, right? But mom and dad, you can save some money as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Especially if you have a set of twins or something like that yeah. graduating. That's double trouble <laughs> to start with and then the cash flow on top. Yeah. <laughs> so what you do is you head down to Sugar Coated Artistry, Untangled Salon, here at the New Lloyd Mr. Nissan, the Meridian Source, or Cliff Rose for Clothes, and you enter either the pink or the blue slips. The blue ones are for Cliff Rose for Clothes. The pink ones, of course, are for Sugar Coated Artistry and Untangled Salon. On. And then April 14th, just before Good Friday, right here, we're going to make some people very, very happy when we draw uh, for 18 prizes wow. in the uh, Pricey and Bucky grad giveaway. So, I thought it was Bucky and Pricey. Um, nope, that was a misprint. That was a misprint. It ended up being a big, big misprint. So Everybody... did I read that too, that they were giving you an honorary diploma, high school diploma? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't need an honorary. Well, <laughs> uh, honorary one from here, maybe. Sure, I'd probably I'd take that. Uh, you used to work in the oil field. Do you know Victor Galay? With, I do. Uh, I know Victor. Victor, uh, Victor was in on last Thursday and uh, on Patchwork. Now, we're going to have another patchwork coming up soon because things are changing so fast in the oil industry. In fact, we're expecting a big announcement today from Stephen Gobert about the next step in turning our country green. So we'll see how that goes. Does that mean they're going to close the valves at Hardesty and at Empress? That might be. That could be. That could be the announcement. He's going to fly out in, in that jet. I don't know <laughs> if it's got solar panels or not. And he's going to go out there and he's going to spin the valves and he's going to make the rest of Canada environmentally green. Okay, on behalf of Eric Healy, I'm going to tell you, 
Just be careful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Oops, that was my indoor voice. But uh, Victor was here, and he has spent years and years, not as many as you might think, uh, working in the oil industry. And uh, he told us about how much fun he's had in the oil industry. And you know it's very yep. serious, and safety is priority number one. But uh, he was telling us how much fun they've had with, uh, with, with working on rigs and things like that. Another one too, when, and this was when I, when I was drilling. We were drilling out by Wainwright. I was in my handle, and we were for Husky. And so I, a, rough, a young roughneck come over, and when I was drilling, I was never a mean guy. You know what I mean? Like, we'd play goofy jokes on each other, yeah. but I wasn't that mean driller. You know what I mean? That, yeah. But anyway, so I said, hey, go over to the consultant's uh, truck and ask him if we're drilling for 520 or 1030 oil. Oh, he runs no. over there, knocks on the door, oh. and, he, and, the guy, and then all of a sudden he comes back and he says, he, hey, we got to stop and have a meeting. The consultant was not very happy, so I got a one-day suspension for that joke. No. Oh, yes. No. So, yeah. yeah. Why? Because so, he thought you were picking on the roughneck? No, no, no. Uh, stopping work, you know, you know the, we're stopping the flow of work. Okay, the mayor was just telling me here about another. Tell us what you guys did. Well, I didn't do it. I heard about it. I heard about it. it. Yeah, uh, guy had his hard hat, and they put a little pipe dope on the inside of the hard hat, and you put it down, and it's well lubricated from that point on. And uh, hopefully, you got copper coat because that uh, the black just doesn't come off as easy. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, there's a few stories. Pipe stretchers. Uh, they, somebody for a pipe stretcher, right? Yeah. Watering the crown. They watering the crown. There's yeah. uh, there's many different pieces to it, and depending on what set what uh, one section because uh, uh, working in the supply side for a number of years there's various pieces and uh, the old boys had some various interesting names and uh, had two old uh, rig pushes go at it in my uh, store one time because one called it one thing and one called it another and they were trying to educate each other and of course they were good buddies so they really razzed each other pretty hard we were out at the uh, oilman's they had 24 teams out at the Oilmans, is it, and then they have a banquet, of course. Is that one of your favorite events to attend, just because where you come from? Yeah, it is. It's, it's great because I get to ch- connect again uh, just, you know, for the evening with some f- fellas that I've worked with, uh, have been customers, uh, they've been customers of mine, and uh, and people that you just never got to have customers from that yeah. perspective. So, no, it's great to see, and it's, you know, it's a great industry. It plays a huge role in our community and surrounding area. You know, it affects the rural municipalities, the county, uh, those kind those people so it's great to see uh, them get together and have a little bit of fun because uh, just like everybody else they like to have fun and the last two years hasn't been as much fun actually the last five years hasn't been as much fun in the oil and gas industry so you know seeing it uh, seeing some young guys there as well as some of the older guys that have been around for a while it's great to see some transition on the committee so I'm looking forward to seeing it continue for sure. We're talking about being out at the Lloyd Mister Exhibition. Well, the Chase the Ace draw now. The last time I checked, one hundred twenty-three thousand dollars. So get your tickets, ten dollars each. You got to get them uh, before midnight tonight if you're going to use e-transfer. Otherwise, you can go out and buy tickets or get them at www.lloydexh.com. And again, they start at just $10 a piece. Connect Club of Lloyd Minster has launched their second annual blanket drive for the Lloyd Minster Sexual Assault Services and Little Bear Child and Youth Advocacy Center. 
contact your uh, nearest Connect member, your favorite Connect member, and drop off a blanket by April the 5th. Lloyd, Mr. Mental Health and the Lakeland Rustlers women's basketball team hosting Clint Malarchuk this Sunday at Lakeland College. Uh, doors open at 6, the event goes at 7, and uh, Tricia Hunter was in telling us all about this event a week ago today. pledges um, from family, friends, people in the community, um, basically however many laps we think we can run, they can give us a certain amount of money. So say a dollar a lap kind of thing. One girl on my team thinks she can run 50 laps in three hours. So it's raining. It's raining. I can't wait to see her try to do that. In, in how many hours? Three. Three hours. Um, so the people from the um, nonprofits will be there as well. So they're welcome to run or walk or just kind of um, be around to like cheer us on kind of thing same with um, friends and family and that's um, gonna be the first part of how we're gonna raise money um, in the morning part of that day so just an amazing story from uh, Clint Malarchuk a guy who has had his own mental struggles now deals with and uh, works with horses and uh, has done an amazing, amazing work uh, traveling around this country and spreading the word. And he can continue that now that uh, COVID is over. So they have tables available with charcuterie boards, and then they also have seating in the uh, grandstand for just $30. So eventbrite.ca, if you'd like to check out Clint Malarchuk, and I'm telling you, it is an evening. If you don't know his story, you will find out some amazing, amazing things about Clint Malarchuk and maybe your own mental health. Uh, poutine days are back in support of Big Brothers and Big Sisters. April 8th, $3 from each of their signature poutines sold from the 8th to 11th at Mr. Bill's, Cheers, Cedar Kebab, and Rolling Green Fairways will go towards Big Brothers and Big Sisters programs. Uh, B. Fisher partnering with Wickham Nurseryland this spring to sell a selection of hanging and tropical baskets. Uh, they do this uh, quite often with different charities. Last year, remember, it was the Vic Juba Theatre. This year, it is the B. Fisher Foundation and a portion of the sales from uh, flower trays, herb trays, planters, I believe there's tomatoes, and all kinds of uh, great stuff goes towards B. Fisher's uh, programs. And to order, you go to www.bfisher.com slash fundraiser. I know there's a lot of people will be lining up to do that again this year. Let's take a break. When we come back with Mayor Albers, we'll talk about the new arena and some trails in Lloydminster. Is that a, just at Bud Miller? We'll find out when we come back here at the new Lloyd, Mr. Nissan. At Diamond 7 Meats, we work with local farm families to provide a high-quality product and a great selection for you. Try our mouth-watering Smokies, pulled pork, roast beef, and more. Made pure and natural with no additives or fillers. We offer custom processing, and our experienced team works for you to provide a selection of sausage, burgers, and jerkies made to your specifications. Take your grilling to the next level with a Yoder Smoker. Complete the grilling experience with a Canadian-made, award-winning line of House Q barbecue sauces. We're locally owned and operated, and we look forward to seeing you today. Holy blaze, it's hot out here. Jeremiah, my boy, fetch me a drink of water. Does your water taste like it's from the 1800s? Thinking water treatment? Think Superior Water. We carry a wide range of equipment and our bottled water is $3 a jug. Superior Water, Lloyd Minster, where customers are always satisfied. Yeehaw! You love a Superior Water, boy? 
BWM Steel in Lloydminster is the key supplier and largest indoor inventory of steel between Edmonton and Saskatoon. Locally owned, PWM Steel offers a wide range of services from steel cutting and bending to custom sign and powder coating. PWM Steel uses aluminum products as well as new and recycled steel. Key supplier of steel products and services since 1982. Visit their website at pwmsteel.com. Local people. Local events. Local advertising. To advertise on Live with Kurt Price, call 780-522-9433 or visit forgesmedia.com. Welcome back inside the new Lloyd, Mr. Nissan, where our guest today is Mayor Gerald Albers, who uh, came out of a council meeting just yesterday. Yep. And so I've had a chance to look through uh, some of the agenda. I haven't seen all the minutes, so I apologize if I ask some questions that, no that uh, I have no idea about. But the first one is about the design of the new arena, because that's the big one. Like when people saw that was on the agenda, things seem to be really moving quickly, Gerald. Well, the, we do need to keep moving things forward, right? That's the challenge, because we're... The intention right now, as the as the big plan lays out, we'll be dropping contracts this late fall with construction starting when the frost comes out of the ground next spring. So we've got to keep moving forward with design, uh, asking and getting input from people, sharing ideas and to go from there. We've had one round of your voice, uh, the opportunity for people to comment on a survey. We'll be doing at least one or two more of those surveys for sure as we move through. It wasn't one one and all done. It's going to be more, there's going to be more surveys from uh, asking people for input. We've been talking to the user groups because that plays a huge role, right? The user groups are going to be using that facility. We also got people that are going to be in enjoying that facility, but the user groups need to understand their needs. So a lot of work is going on in the background. The architect continues to bring forward ideas uh, and it's kicked around. One of the things that was presented yesterday, well, a, a whole that's been presented a couple times to council, there's a scoring matrix. So there's a methodology to determine whether if it's a good fit for us. And uh, 75 is the minimum basic to, to make it stick and then go, you want to go on from 75 points. So if it doesn't make 75, there's a process. It goes back, gets reworked. But, you know, the, the seating capacity, the, the layout, things like that, all considered. Because it's very important that we have a multi-purpose facility when we're done. It's not going to just cut it being an arena. It's not going to be just an event place. It's a combination. So it is titled an event place, but it's going to cover off multiple places. So we have some drawings here that we were looking at this morning. Is everything kind of written in stone? Not everything's written in stone. We're still, you know, one of the things that was brought up yesterday very clearly at council was what about cost? And trust me, that will be something that we've got to stay attuned to. We know construction costs have escalated throughout the city, uh, around the world. So we need to be aware of that. That's where the architect's going back and looking at things and discussing, you know, options. Some of the things that were discussed already, already cost-saving features. By not going to a complete 
permanent set of seating, you save money. And people will go, why is that? Well, it takes a lot of concrete and work to form the curve, uh, the bowl, right? Whereas if it's retractable and you pull it out, like Lake Lyon College's seating, wow, it's slick, it's fast, and it's actually cheaper than pouring concrete and setting up forms. So there's, there's things that are being taken into account that way. It also gives us more flexibility for the facility. Uh, you know, the, the uh, boxes, the boxes that are being proposed are on a 10-foot basis, easily can go to 20 feet. That's the basic larger box that we're looking at right now. And having collapsible walls in there so that they can be turned into meeting rooms during the day when the boxes aren't being used. Functionality is huge in that facility. Uh, you know, I've, people asked, what about washrooms? There will be washrooms. And the challenge is, how many washrooms do you put in? Because it also costs money to install them as well as to clean them. And if they're only half used, half the, for less than four major events. So, you know, we'll, we'll try and meet the needs of the community. But, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. We had Nigel Dubé and we asked him, we said, like, you know, you've got some say on what's happening here. What's important for you? He said the Jumbotron. Has that been discussed yet? There's been some discussions about the Jumbotron, for sure. And, uh, you know, we, we haven't got to that final point yet. Uh, you know, it's not a cheap, a cheap item, I understand. They're, they're very expensive, but they add to the facility. So, you know, again, we've got sponsorship and uh, fundraising teams going out to work on things. There's opportunities for people. So we'll leave it at, uh, I, we don't have a firm decision, and that's uh, where we're at today. So last, last time you were here, we started talking about, you know, the, the Lloydminster Place. And you had mentioned, well... You know, it's going to be really tough to have an arena with over 2,500 seats. This one's looking like, what, 4,300? When you use it for an event, such as a, a, a concert, it will have 4,200 seats, give or take, including on ice surface. So, you know, as uh, there's some information in the, the council package, I'd encourage people to go to the, the city website and find that agenda. It talks about, uh, namely, acts, performing acts. You know, uh, there's uh, what they call A, B, and C. So C is basically your cheapest uh, on that line, B, and an A. And we're never going to be an A, I'm afraid, unless we get Garth Brooks traveling through and his bus breaks <laughs> yeah. down and yeah. Cummins can, or Peterbilt or whoever, Kenworth can fix that bus and we say, hey, Garth, we got you on the road, buddy. You owe us a concert. That'll be about the only way. But, you know, some of the acts that, uh, that had been named like Blue Rodeo and things like that would fit into that lesser where we can afford to put them here and uh, you know if you had 4,000 seats you had 6,000 seats that would work but you're not going to put a Garth Brooks here unless just an act of God basically from that perspective in the same token how many seats do, uh, do the Bobcats need for today tomorrow and the future and we want to we're trying to address that as best we can because uh, you want to have a reasonable good crowd to bring on the noise factor Actor, right that's important for the hometown team but in the same token we can't have be building for for the future when we know we'll never reach that point when we look at what is going into the facility um, do we now know there'll be a, a for sure that there'll be a second rank that there'll be so that uh, again somebody came, mentioned a waiting pool or something or? no no waiting pool okay, okay. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the, the second arena ball so, diamonds anything like yeah, that yeah so the, the whole complex it, it, that's being proposed involves six slow pitch diamonds 
It involves a, a basically a, an area where people will be able to gather for those tournaments. There's going to be potential for campgrounds with some services. It won't be full service because we've got uh, Weaver Park for that. But people do show up for ball tournaments on weekends, right? Mm-hmm. Hockey schools, things like that. As well, there's the two arenas, the main arena and the main event arena, as well as a second arena with limited seating compared to the main arena. And the proposal shows a third Olympic or NHL ice size surface with simply a cover over top. So concrete floor, boards, and a cover. So, you know, with the, the ability someday later on to enclose it, but by all means not to enclose it today. So it would be weather dependent in the wintertime. People would be able to go out and play shinny and enjoy it and uh, and skate with their families and from that perspective at least you won't be getting snowed on and in that way that's the all in the original plan with some commercial development to help support some of the costs to this uh, six i believe six units for commercial retail uh, and a potential hotel so yeah it, there's it's a big development uh, but again once the numbers start to come back in there's going to be some very hard decisions potentially at city hall i hope they're not uh, for council but if they are and says we've got to what do we got to give with because today we know to build the building there's going to be some costs but there we were told if we do the whole complex there's 50, up to 15 percent savings on the total cost which is a lot of money when you think about mm-hmm. that so we're trying to be prudent uh, but we also need to land some government grant money so there's some work ahead of us this is not all cut and dried but if we don't keep planning forward we'll never get to the, the, to the delivery point and have a, a product we can deliver Speaking of grants, uh, you guys talked yesterday about uh, grants for the Bud Miller Master Plan and also for uh, grant for trails. Are those the same thing? Well, no, they're not. So they, they're, the grant stream, one is for planning and one is for delivery of actual. Uh, we have, so what the first one was, we've applied for $50,000 from a grant stream through the federal government that they've made available to help redo the master plan at Bud Miller. Bud Miller sees a tremendous amount of activity and continues to grow year in and year out, number of users and things like that. So we're trying to stay ahead of with planning because that's important, no different than our roads. We are trying to get engineered ahead so that if somebody drops money in our lap from the federal or provincial government and says, here's a million and a half dollars that has to go into roads, we can say, yeah, we've got 10 more streets that we're gonna fix, water and sewer or pave or combination thereof. From the perspective of the master plan for Bud Miller, it's important that we continuously make sure we're ahead of the curve. And they run about five years on those master plans. So we're taking advantage of that grant application. Additionally, under a different, same federal program, but a different stream as they refer to it as, we've applied for $3 million, which is 60% of our $5 million budget to create new trails and do rehabilitation. So I believe it was just over $4 million was earmarked for potential new trail building and just over 850000 for maintenance and rehabilitation of existing trails. So, you know, there's always room to add more trails in the community. There's areas that aren't serviced as well as we'd like to see serviced. And those have been identified through the master planning of the entire trail system in the city and, uh, and walking paths. So there's an opportunity. Now we'll see if we can get that federal government money.
it has to come through before you can follow through with the, That's, with the yeah it, because basically we we would commit some money as we usually do annually but it would be great to have us uh, spend 40 cents of a dollar rather than the full dollar do you or could you t uh, suggest where those trails might be there's there's various spots uh, as an example uh, the discussion was brought up about a trail along uh, 52nd Street, which is uh, a long refinery from uh, from 62nd back to 50th, that that's a stretch where there is no access for pedestrians whatsoever, and it's a heavy truck route, uh, dangerous goods route. So, you know, that's one example. There's uh, I've had inquiries about the Saskatchewan side of the city. People would like to see more walking trails on the Saskatchewan side, similar to what you see at Bud Miller. So there's there's areas for development. I don't have the the master yeah. plan with me, but I know that we're, we'll be addressing if we get that money, we'll be addressing. A lot of the majors there's always priorities and uh, we try to based on you know history uh, from that perspective of lack of trails and bringing pieces into the into the city all the time there's pressures on developers when they build develop an area they also have to in integrate a trail system but you know wherever though if there was some shortfalls we'll try to pick those up so there's always work being done in the planning side to ensure that we're ready to move forward and with Bud Miller are you basically just saying hey more people are using Bud Miller now than have ever used Bud Miller. We need to think into the future. Yeah, we do. You know, would be it trail maintenance. Uh, do we need, you know, we have some gravel trails, some paved trails. Do we want to need more paved trails to ensure that, uh, to get people back there because it is weather dependent on a gravel trail if it's, uh, it's harder to maintain in the wintertime versus pavement, things like that. So there's all sorts of pieces to it uh, to ensure that we're, we're continuously trying to stay ahead of the curve rather than at the backside. And you mentioned uh, pavement, so there has been a ton of potholes, and uh, I think the city's done a fairly good job of uh, of like uh, filling a lot of those uh, potholes up. But uh, you know, we talk about potholes all the time when you're in and. It's just a fact of life when you live in this cold of climate. It is. So, you know, it's really incredible. We know we had a record amount of snow, basically, uh, in the city. Uh, we've got a big pile out on the east side and out uh, north of town. Then on top of it, then you go through the spring freeze thaw, and we can, saw it again last night. We got moisture. There's moisture in the parking lot, and I'm afraid it's going to freeze for the next couple nights again for sure. And whenever there's any void in the asphalt at all, that moisture gets in there, and it starts to go to work and it's it's a challenge cities bigger than ours are they're reporting twice as many potholes similar to what we're seeing so i don't think it matters on the size of community you have there are potholes our team's working at it again i ask people to be uh to report through report a concern on the city website you can call the city operations center and give them an address and say and we've got a pretty big pothole here you know i've received my fair share of comments and uh, you know jokes and bad well, you know, you've closed my favorite mm. fishing hole and all sorts yeah. of things this year. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, no, we we will continue. I just ask people to be patient. Again, be respective. They're not uh, the trucks. There's usually one truck with the asphalt crew, and there's a truck behind them acting as a as a barrier to protect our crews. Because, you know, the stories of uh, tow truck drivers and uh, people working on road construction crews and things like that, we do not want a fatality in this community. And we just ask people people to be respectful and give them time and room and space to do their job. Gave uh, uh, awarded ASL paving yesterday, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, contract. Is that uh, for just uh, 
uh, any in particular area or so there's there was two contracts uh, awarded yesterday so we have an annual street improvement program and that includes sidewalks tra uh, trails uh, ASL was awarded that contract and there was a list of streets that uh, and avenues that are going to be done a couple intersections that are going to be improved so it, uh, there's sidewalks so sometimes you'll see us do a, uh, a repair on a sidewalk or you'll see the entire length of the sidewalk for a block needs to be replaced Placed. So there's uh, some of that was awarded. Uh, that was awarded in one contract. The other contract was to have ASL supply both mix and uh, also go out and do some patching for us, small jobs. So you know they may do a, a small spot here. So one of the things that happens in the winter time, we'll have to do a water main break or a change of fire hydrant because of an issue. So we cut out and uh, they'll do a temporary patch. They call cold mix. So they'll get it fixed to a point that it's drivable but it's not great so they'll come back and they'll pick up those spots in the summer with hot asphalt mix once the plant's up and running and their crews available uh, to fix those and that's covered in the second contract is there anything major planned for this year uh like last year 16 i would call that a major that major. was a major that yeah. was major. anything like that this no summer? there isn't any major of the major two arteries especially uh highway 16 and highway 17 no but you will see blocks of water and sewer you'll see sewer main replaced for another couple blocks in another location uh so you may be driving through a residential and go what the? they said there wasn't any construction there's going to be construction there always will be but it's uh, when we talk about the two major arteries especially, there isn't going to be those those detours and things like that going on. Now, you can expect that there will be a little bit of work to be done on 16, as there always is, as 17. There's going to be patching going on in both of those roads and uh, uh, from that perspective. And there is a little bit of cleanup to be done yet from that. Uh, you'll remember they had to cut out the boulevard where we crossed over. Both uh, both times that has to be repaired. So they uh, the crew will be back from the contractor to see that's finished you had a, a, a shortfall of money from both governments this year they're they're both uh, both alberta and saskatchewan aren't giving you as much money as you'd like to see <laughs> this year and when i saw that i thought well what gets cut then like how do you like because isn't that money already spent it's not spent, but it means that, uh, so there's two, uh, two streams, that, uh, one from each province. Uh, Saskatchewan is called the revenue sharing. Uh, we get 0.75 of a percent of the PST is allocated to municipalities throughout Saskatchewan. So it's, it's divvied up uh, to us accordingly based on per capita from that perspective. So yeah, that's going to be a, a shortfall in, on the, from Saskatchewan. Uh, Alberta, it's municipal revenue sharing we knew that this year would be less not that we liked it but we knew there'd be less money into into MSI they front-loaded it two years ago so you could either bank it which we did some of it or you could spend it all and uh, from that perspective give me just a second yeah for sure I, I so then it gets really it gets then we just do less projects because that's where those that money helps fund some additional work so we trim it back. We still have our the basic costs, but it's it's those extras and getting more paving done, more water and sewer. 
that's where it sometimes uh, it kind of that shortfalls uh, noticed uh, from that perspective. It, and then we run into surprises like this year. We're going to end up, and it was talked about yesterday, we're going to end up having to look at the road budget going into 2022 that was proposed last December, or sorry, uh, was approved in December as a, as a conditional budget. It's called spring adjustments because it's based on the money and based on not coming in uh, because if they came in and we'd have received an extra grant money, we'd have said, okay, now we need to bring another project forward because there's some of those. Now we'll have to take a look at it. Do we have to hopefully not cut any projects, but we may not do as much as we wanted to for certain things. Um, you mentioned that you had come from the fire hall yep. today. You got a, you got a tour. How are things going at, uh, at with the, the construction of the fire? Really good, moving right along. You know, that was, uh, it's always challenging, especially as I say, building today. Anybody that, uh, you know, if they've been looking at a new house or finding out that uh, it's gone up. And we did have some costs incurred at the fire hall. Not too many, thank goodness, but it, it was always a, a possibility. We, we realize that with any project. It's moving along really well. It's uh, they're they're targeting for mid-May occupancy, and I think they're going to be there. Wow! So it's incredible as we were sharing, uh, you know, the stages of construction, and it, it, you know, new construction is always nice. It's you, because you take something and you build. It. But as an example, uh, the contractors were saying, it's kind of funny when we were going to leave and which way do you go? Because all of a sudden there's drywall. And in the past it was wide open. That's what you start with is the outside bed and then you fill in the inside and then you put up the steel studs and you can walk through the steel studs here, there, wherever. And all of a sudden somebody puts up drywall and everything changes and uh, it really takes form and it's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, you know, it will be a very nice fire hall. It's not a Taj Mahal, but at the same token, when you realize that people are basically living there now 24 hours a day, right? Today we have firefighters staying in a skid shack. It's a, it's a mobile, uh, mobile accommodations behind the existing fire hall number one. They're going to be moving into that and that's going to become their home for the next number of years. Uh, so it will be uh, it will be very nice from that perspective, but it's not gold-plated by any means. And I know people have asked that question, is there gold-plated toilets? No, there's no gold-plated toilets. Uh, it will be, it would be, uh, you know, what would you put in your own home? There will be a dishwasher, there'll be microwaves, there'll be a big screen TV um, and things like that. But uh, the rooms or the, the sleeping rooms or the accommodations there, that's what it is. It's there to sleep aren't the gold-plated toilets aren't those for the wastewater sewage that would make more sense they, to me. it would but uh, <laughs> they, uh, that crew also got uh, told that there'll be no gold-plated toilets there either so how's construction going there really well really well so the uh, steel frame is up for the building uh, the main process building i believe they finished pouring the concrete for all the um the vaults and the, the clarifier, which are that was huge. There's a lot of concrete went there, piles of concrete and rebar. The building frame is up, so the building should be arriving very shortly. It's precast concrete, so they'll be panels and literally just snap them up. So once things start rolling and the trucks start rolling into town, hopefully two weeks and we'll have the building up. Some of the piping is actually in, which was interesting. People, well, why would you do the piping on the inside first? Well, when you're welding 24-inch pipe and getting it set up, 
you want to do it before you have to try and bring it through the doorway because you and I on a 24 inch pipe, we wouldn't fit through the doorway that well, I can tell you. So that, those are the planning that's going on is tremendous. Uh, lead time on equipment, trying to stage and all those pieces. So still targeting to have uh, things fully functional by mid 2023 because there's a process called commissioning. So we've got to actually test and get everything going. So when they throw the final switch and say, okay, full time that will be before december 1st 2023 and one more for you here and it uh, uh concerns radar if i was reading it correctly and uh listening to you speak originally i just want to make sure is the only changes to radar that the, the vehicles have to be marked now Basically, we are compliant on every other facet that the province of Alberta has requested. From what I understand from administration is we do have to change up some decals on the vehicles for radar. Because uh, you have City of Lloyd vehicles. We have, they are City of Lloyd vehicles uh, from that perspective. Uh, anybody that's driven by and noticed what they are knows what you're looking for uh, from that perspective. But uh, no, we've, we've followed all the guidelines and in, in most cases we exceed some of the guidelines from the province of Alberta that way so one of the big areas uh, a long time ago you might have noticed them out right on the edge of the city that they call it the transition zone right when you slow from yep. used to be 100 down to 60 I used now to 80 stop 60. there all the time yeah. yep that's where i got my one and only <laughs> way back when and uh, yeah that we don't do that uh, you know people ask why do we pick the routes that we pick there is a categories that we follow certainly school and playground are high up there but high uh, you know even 52nd is a is a very busy street at 60 kilometers an hour uh, we've got big trucks we've got lots of dangerous goods so again speeding can have dr dramatic effects there right we've got three train crossings going into the husky refinery so people need to be paying attention and and speed we know when you're speeding your uh, the time of stopping is that much more and if you don't have that time it's dangerous so uh, you know there's been thought put into the areas that we continuously circle it's advertised you know, um, I just, uh, I'm just the, the right quote that somebody shared with me. Just, uh, just lift that right foot and you'll have no problem at all with photo radar. Thanks, Joe. Is there anything else that you guys discussed yesterday that I failed to, to bring up that's important for residents? Um, no, I don't think so. We had a great meeting again yesterday. It was a, a fairly long meeting. We uh, did some bylaws, both uh, first reading, second and third reading. Uh, we did do a one, re uh, one bylaw. We try really hard not to carry a bylaw through in one meeting so doing three readings uh, yesterday we reduced the borrowing capacity or uh, the line of credit that we're looking for from the city just as a standby and uh, because it was read in in three readings in one meeting we had to do that yesterday and something our council that was elected back in 2016 was pretty strong staunch about not doing that unless absolutely absolutely necessary and when uh, a bylaw comes in and it depends on how the bylaw comes in so we're removing an old bylaw as an example say from the 70s and if for some reason they did it in one meeting three readings that's the way we have to remove it it's just the way the legislation reads so you know, if people say, well, they did that, but they didn't do it on any of the others, there's a particular reason. We try to ensure there's at least a couple weeks between the first reading and second and third reading of a bylaw, just to make sure we've got time to give it some air. 
And new lockers coming to the BioClean Aquatic Center. Absolutely. Some new lockers coming to the BioClean <laughs> Aquatic Center. Uh, we had a presentation from uh, the, the BioCleaning uh, manager, which you know very well, Kurt. Yep. And, you know, those lockers, the uh, lockers have been there since the original. They've been refaced in 2013 with new doors. One of the challenges that we heard was that the, the mechanics, and if you've ever noticed those lockers, there's a lot of moving pieces, and they wear, and plastic on plastic even wears, and uh, it's been challenging to keep them up. So we're looking at new lockers. The old lockers that are still serviceable will be recycled to the curling center, uh, to the Lloyd Curling uh, Golf and Curling Center, to the locker rooms there, they, and be put in. Uh, the, the extra ones will likely end up at public auction next year at uh, the public auction. City's not having an auction this year, but there will be one next year, and people can buy them and put whatever doors or mechanism they think will make work uh, from that perspective. The new lockers are scheduled, and again, we always try to plan mm -hmm. and schedule for the annual pool uh, turnaround and the cleaning of the pool. Uh, again, we'll get that order in as quick as possible. So yesterday's approval, the contract will be awarded, and then the uh, supplier will be able to order them and get them here on time, hopefully, for that. Thanks, Gerald. Thank you for your time. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thanks very much, Kurt. We we'll look forward to uh, seeing everybody out and around the community. It's been great the last couple of weeks that uh, different events starting to happen. Uh, we had hometown hockey. Thank you again to the community for making hometown uh, Rogers hometown hockey feel welcome. They felt very welcome. They shared that with me. They said local businesses, people, friendly, so very very supportive, great doing business in this community. So hats off to our businesses that help support that and service those folks or their needs for the, the week before, basically. You know, and other events, gathering at the exhibition again is terrific. We've kind of had a chance to share a little roast beef over there, and uh, we continue to see that happen. Events are starting to get planned, uh, you know, as I was sharing. Yeah. We've got June coming up. It's going to be a busy July. We've got the heavy oil show coming back in September. You'll be hearing more about that very soon. You know, there must be a reason that they keep coming back because uh, hockey, like, I, well, Hockey Day was here twice now. Hometown Hockey yeah. has been here. There's a reason they keep coming back. There's no question. Uh, what I hear is that uh, the participation is excellent. The support is great, uh, you know, from uh, the city's team to the local businesses back to hometown hockey again. When people have a good experience somewhere, they come back. It's no different than the business that you're working out of here. Uh, you know, if you've got great service and uh, great product, people will come back and they'll continue to come back. And our city has a great product. It's the city and surrounding area and the support from everybody, you know, and again, uh, it makes everything happen. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. We'll be back again on Thursday where we will be chatting everything equestrian. We've got the uh, big uh, horse clinic and all that kind of stuff coming up in uh, just about a week and a half here. Uh, yeah, just under two weeks to go here. And uh, the Lloyd X is going to be in to tell us all about this brand new event, Equestrian on the Border, on Thursday here at the new Lloydminster Nissan.